Hey Craig, welcome to episode 22 of Hubshots. Thanks Ian, good to be here. This episode we're going to call Thinking Outside the Box because we had a great interview with James Gilbert, who's the marketing manager at HubSpot Asia Pacific. Yeah, this is a really useful interview and where it's different from last episode, we're talking to Ryan Bonici about, and he's really high level, strategic, Yes. um, really insightful across the industry at large. James is really grassroots, tactical, in the trenches, getting stuff done and getting great results. Some of the results are phenomenal, aren't they? Yeah. Anyway, he actually talks about a few things. Some of them are really useful. He reiterates the difference and explains owned versus earned versus paid media, which I think is really good for marketing managers to be aware of. Yes. And then how that fits into building a moat for your business. Now, if those of you who don't know what a moat is or having a problems visualizing it let me just tell you what it is it's a deep wide ditch surrounding a castle fort or town and it's typically filled with water and it's intended as a defense against attack right so you just got to picture this that you really built something pretty grand and you're protecting it Right. Quite heavily, right? Yeah, I think Warren Buffett uses this term. Yes. Building a moat for your business, this idea of protecting it from um, competitors. And I think James's point and what he goes into in a fair bit of detail is this whole, the benefits of your owned media, you're building that up as an asset for your business. Yes, totally. So I think that's really important. And you know what? I did a search on this and in one of the search results, it was that came up in the live search was building a moat around your business. And you know what came up at number one? (laughs) Tell me. It was an article about Brian Halligan about building a motor around your business. There you go. It's like this inbound marketing thing actually works, isn't it? So, you know, there's lots of great things. He talks about service level agreements in there as well, which is I thought this was a really good thing important. that James touched on. Yes. Yeah, because he's a marketing manager. Yes. And yet he's building this these service level agreements with the sales team. Yeah. So I think that's really important. And you know what? I think there's a lot we can learn from him. And towards the end, there's a cracker of a tip this, about LinkedIn-sponsored posts. Oh, very, yeah, that's really useful. So worth waiting for at the end. So I encourage you, get a notepad, get your pen, sit down, listen, write down stuff that you can implement. And you know what? Let us know when you've implemented it because we'd love to hear how it went. Absolutely. All right, take it away, James Gilbert. Okay, so I work at HubSpot. I'm based in the Sydney office and I look after demand gen for the APAC region. So that essentially means I need to make sure we've got enough leads and marketing qualified leads for our sales team. Wow, and is it just yourself or do you work a part of a larger team? So I am part of a larger team. So we have a marketing team in APAC and we're slowly building it out in regions too. So we've just hired someone in Japan, someone in Southeast Asia, and then there's a few people based centrally here in Sydney. All right, so what we're interested in chatting with you today about is um, tips and kind of, I guess, strategies for marketing managers. And I guess this is kind of almost what you do in a way. Yeah. And so we're, it's really really good to chat to you about some of the things that you're doing to drive leads uh, for the business. So what have you seen working, especially in the last year or so in terms of marketing and driving leads? Yeah. So a really interesting trend we've noticed and have started experimenting with is actually marketing on community sites. So if you think like Medium as a publishing platform, we've started doing a lot of efforts around that. And we recently did a campaign where we launched 
one of our tools that has existed for a while, Website Grader, we put it on Product Hunt. And that was very, very successful in driving, I think, more visits than it's ever had. And it's been around for quite a while. So we're noticing those third-party platforms popping up as great distribution mechanisms. So I was just going to ask you, was this a purely an APAC thing in terms of the Product Hunt thing? Or was that something that was driven out of Boston? So that was driven out of APAC. It affects the company globally because it naturally like has a global audience. But that was an initiative we undertook and we promoted the um, tool on Product Hunt. And I think it's its 28th highest upvoted product of all time on Product Hunt wow. and generated lots and lots of visitors and, and leads for the business. So it was very successful. That's fantastic. So when you talk about leads now, we know we can obviously segment people down or segment these leads down. Mm-hmm. Were they mainly to do for the web platform or was it to actually do for inbound or the HubSpot platform? What was the goal essentially? Okay, so with this particular tool, so with Website Grader, you enter your details and you kind of grade your website and then you sent the results there. So that's what people's intention was when they came to Website Grader. But the great thing for us as a company is then we've got their details and we can continue to send them information around different things we they might be interested in and hopefully bring them further down the funnel. So that's really interesting. You've actually then talked about using other web properties as kind of a referral traffic. That kind of thing mm-hmm. raises the question in terms of your, I guess, the different channels you use. Mm-hmm. And I know one of the things that you're very um, mindful of is this breakdown of earned media versus paid media versus owned media. How would you kind of frame that for marketing managers in terms of how they consider each of those channels? And maybe what, what are what's the definition of those channels? Is yeah. the first point? So when we think about owned, it's kind of all the assets that we create. So it'll be like our eBooks and our blog posts and, and even, even tools like Website Creator and how that helps us attract visitors. And then obviously paid is just all your advertisements that you do. And sometimes, depending on your business, you actually might need some owned assets to really promote via those paid channels and sometimes if you're a company that more just sells products you can probably advertise just around those actual products and that's essentially how you'd bring people in and then earned is really the distribution that you get from your owned assets that's from other websites so other people finding out about your content and linking to you and you know if they've got a particular blog that maybe generates a lot of traffic you'd call that earned media because of the strength of your owned asset right so reaching out to them for them to recommend you or endorse you and and through and drive traffic yeah or like i've heard quite a few stories where People on communities like Reddit and things like that have picked up a story and then that has kind of gone on to other websites, maybe like Hacker News or something, and that's resulted in a lot of referral traffic and that's a great example of earned media. Right, and so what would you say to marketing managers that I guess are putting more priority on paid than as, as a channel over others? Do you see issues with that? Yeah, I see a few issues. I mean, it can work for certain. If your economics make sense, I mean, we do pay it as well. But part of the thinking is that it's a bit of a short-term solution and it also doesn't give you a lot of things that you might get if you pursued more of kind of an owned inbound strategy. 
If you pursue the own inbound strategy, it does take longer to start showing benefits. But then when it does, you're not only you're getting that benefit over a longer time horizon, and so that the net cost of any traffic you'll be getting will be continually decreasing, but it's also raising you as an authority figure. The fact that you're getting that traffic is clearly indicating that people are interested in what you have to say. And the fact that the traffic is growing means it is valuable content. And I think that puts you in a really strong position as a business because it's putting you as a thought leader. And then that has all sorts of benefits. It means you get a lot more earned media just by the fact that people look to you as a reference point. It also means from a business level, you can probably do things like price your product higher because you are seen as that kind of, you know, the elite standard within your industry. And I think that's a really powerful thing that not a lot of businesses talk about. If you looked at someone that had developed a really strong inbound strategy over a medium time horizon versus someone that just went down the paid route, maybe the person at the paid route would get stronger results initially. But once you, you know, got 12, 24 months down the track, if that person was still pursuing a purely paid kind of media mix, they've got no protection from someone starting up and just pursuing the same path and with the same budget, they'll get the same results. Whereas the person that went down the kind of the slower, but probably more impactful content driven approach and in year two someone has to pay a lot just to get to the same level let alone anything beyond that company so i think there's a lot of benefits that's an excellent point and earlier when we were chatting um, you mentioned this idea of building a moat between your own business yeah with your own media versus a competitor yeah so i mean in that example if someone if you had pursued the paid strategy for the life cycle of your business for someone to compete all they need is the same budget and they're able to do it and they're probably able to do it with equal authority to to their audience whereas if someone's pursued that kind of inbound strategy they're a thought leader they've got huge economic advantages because you're going to need a budget just to get to the same level as they are and then any budget beyond that they they might be able to match so i think from a pricing standpoint it's brilliant from you know making sure your competitors can't compete with you that easily it's brilliant it's yeah it's not only good for marketing it's really good for the business fantastic insight now, James, would you say that this is a saleable business asset if people have invested in this and there's a system in place? Yeah. It's a saleable business asset. I think it would have a huge impact on your valuation if you were selling the business. I mean, you just need to look at like the fact that some media businesses get bought and essentially if you develop a really strong inbound strategy, you are tapping a media business onto your core business. When you think about someone that has a purely paid strategy, I don't see why they would get much of a valuation at all because all it takes to compete with them is budget and the same products, which is probably very easily sourced these days. Yes. So we wanted to ask you a little bit also just in terms of trends that are happening. You touched on this at the start, but are you seeing any trends change in terms of marketing that marketing managers should be aware of? Yeah. So there's definitely been a trend for the last kind of 12 to 18 months where people was spending a lot more of their traditional AdWords budget on like paid social channels. Like I know Facebook is allowing people to do really interesting things and a lot of people are seeing a lot of success there. And I think it also works better if you do have that more kind of content strategy 
if you are going down a channel like Facebook, you can kind of use the power of quality content to make those ads cheaper because it's in terms of their ranking algorithm, if your content is what they deem to have a good quality score, the ads cost you less. So it's a combination of those platforms getting to a real critical mass where you can pretty much advertise to anyone and the content being very appealing and, and driving down the cost of those ads that I think has seen those platforms rise. That's probably the most noticeable one I've seen on the paid front. And then on the content front, like I said before, the emergence of these platforms like Medium and a few other areas like that where they're really becoming a huge distribution channel for content and now it's not just enough to have the content on your own site. You really need to be getting it on platforms like that or like LinkedIn Pulse or something like that to, to bring in a wider audience. So James, if someone has never tried any of these other platforms, mm -hmm. how do you get started? Yes, so the great thing is they're super easy and they're also free. So with LinkedIn Pulse and Medium, you just simply set up an account and then and you can start writing your content. I would definitely assess the landscape first, try to see what type of content has done well in those platforms in the past. You can use tools like BuzzSumo to look at like social interactions with yep. content around particular themes and see what has really resonated with people. Try to know that the piece of content you're creating will have distribution when you do it and do that by looking at what's been successful in the past. Excellent. So now moving on from that, how much you're obviously providing marketing qualified leads to mm -hmm. sales. How much interaction do you have with sales and how does that shape a lot of what you do on a day to day basis? Yeah. So we interact all the time. I just was in a meeting with them about five minutes ago. So it's a, it's a constant and it's a great, you want to have a constant feedback loop between the two systems because it's not enough for me to be generating leads. Our goal is to generate business, which requires that I'm generating the right lead. So I don't want to be feeding the sales team leads that won't close. I want to be generating them the absolute best quality leads at a reasonable volume so that we can hit our our revenue targets, which is ultimately what's going to keep us in business. So I think it's absolutely vital that you have clear lines of communication between the two groups. And a great way to do that is through having an agreement like a marketing like service level agreement. And I'm actually working on this at the moment, which is us looking at the revenue targets that the sales team has to hit and then backtracking to determine how many marketing qualified leads that would be. And then we're going to make a commitment to them to hit that target every month. Fantastic. That is really good. So, okay, so that's great. Now, how how do you track it all and and how often do you meet with them? Like, what are the specifics of this? Yeah, so we track it all in HubSpot, naturally. Yep. Um, we use the tool ourselves and we just set up some reports there that can identify this for us. So we set up the goal and then we just track towards that goal during the month and we meet there's formal meetings once a month and then ad hoc meetings I would say like multiple ad hoc meetings weekly and the dashboard as to how we're tracking gets emailed to everyone every night so everyone knows wow. if we're tracking to the goal we need to and we do that through a waterfall graph so you can see if we're tracking at the right volume at the right time of month so 
So just in terms of how you time your campaigns, because you're seeing that graph daily, mm-hmm. how often are you actually tweaking campaigns? Because I could imagine that that product hunt campaign that you mentioned, that would have taken a fair bit of planning and then you're setting up how that's going to be promoted and all that kind of thing. So it's not like you just yep. dreamed that up today and you did it the next day. Yeah. There, there's a bit of planning involved. Yeah. How often are you actually kicking off new campaigns that are actually contributing leads. Yeah, so we're constantly kicking off new campaigns. We have quite a big marketing team now as a company. I think we're at around 110 people and we're lucky in APAC that we can leverage things that are happening in North America and just by the work we've done as a company over the last 10 years, we are getting north of 3 million visitors a month to our marketing URLs. So that generates a fantastic baseline of leads and marketing qualified leads. And what we can do is once we know our service level agreement and what number of MQLs our sales team require to hit our revenue goals, we can look at what kind of lead volume we can expect from those organic channels that we've been developing for so long and then identify where a gap might be and what type of campaign is best appropriate to kind of plug that gap. Excellent. And our final question. Can you share with us a pearl of wisdom that you have gained in the last six to 12 months? Something that really stands out that can make a difference to somebody who's listening. Okay. Um, I'm going to betray my HubSpot roots a little bit and give a paid pearl of wisdom, although you need content to to make it work. But with LinkedIn sponsored updates, the, the way the algorithm works is you don't want to just put up one piece of content. You want to put up four at the same time and no more than four because it won't have any impact on their, they'll only show those four. And you can put up the same piece of content with different images and over the week see which piece is performing best and then cancel the other three and only support that one piece of content because what it'll do is they'll rank it in terms of how prevalent they want it to be in their newsfeed and how little it should cost you. And just by making sure you're doing that, it can save you a lot of money on advertising with LinkedIn sponsored updates. Craig, how good was that interview with James? James Gilbert. There you go. Really useful insights. And I think just on what's working, some of the stuff he's doing is is, is really, really interesting. Yeah. So let's just recap some of the things that we heard. Yeah. So look, I think he really talked about this marketing on community sites. He talked about Medium, Product Hunt, and then there's LinkedIn Pulse and Reddit and a few other things he mentioned. Just the the tactics and strategies for using those different platforms to drive traffic and build thought leadership. I thought that was really, really useful. Yeah. You know, another thing that uh, really stood out is how building your own media how that can really help you demand a bigger price tag. So yeah. your price and services, because you're the thought leader, the kind of the person or the business in the know, you can actually demand a premium yeah. for your product or your service. So how good is that? Yeah, that was a really good business tip. I really like that one. And you know, that just we'll just finish with this, but I just thought his comment, you know, when we're asked about how often is he running campaigns? Yes. And he said constantly, and um, although it's not in the, in the interview, there's more details around that. It's like they're always kicking off these new campaigns, even though, t- though they take days, weeks, and months to prepare some of these. 
that's a challenge to me and maybe to you as well yeah, for our clients and for marketing managers in general because we tend to be sequential, don't we? Very We're kind sequential. of like, I've got this campaign this month and yes. that campaign next month. And that. Whereas that's not at all <coughs> what HubSpot, they've got all these parallel campaigns that they're working on. Maybe you should try one campaign that you're planning on doing and one that you're not planning on doing. This is the challenge. So there you go. It's working for HubSpot and James Gilbert really, really providing a lot of value there. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know what? If you've got lots of value out of this, we'd love to hear from you. Tweet us, leave comments on our website, and we'd love to feature some of that in our upcoming episodes. All right, Craig, well, that looks like it's episode 22 done. All right, mate. Catch you next week. See you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes, resources, HubSpot news, including practical strategies you can implement, visit us at hubshots.com.